Hey everybody, this is Blake with Marvel.com and I have the huge, huge pleasure of sitting across from Mr. Oh, I say it? No. Yes. <laughs> uh, my name's Toby Leonard Moore and I play Wesley on Daredevil. Yeah, I, wanna, I wanted to ask, can you give us a little Wesley for the fans in the, in the audio world? Sure. Should I just sight read something <laughs> yes. off, off the back of this uh, Deadpool comic that's been given to me? Journey back to the gritty, hyper-detailed days of the 1990s when two characters debuted who would... Is that right? Yeah. When two characters debuted, who would change the face of comics? That's amazing. Now I need I to have like a shower with steel wool, I think, which was my process getting well, into the old Wes dog. We, uh, <laughs> I just had chills. That was amazing. Um, so I, 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 we were talking before as you were walking by, we, you had a tour of Marvel. Yeah. Uh, it's been pretty crazy for you this past couple of weeks since the show's been out. Tell the fans a little bit about that. Oh, it's been lovely. The response is, is amazing and, and something that I, uh, I don't know, wasn't really ready for, uh, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen after you shoot any sort of show, but the, sh the response has been incredible and people are so generous and, and lovely. Yeah, having a great time. So you're saying it's, it's tough for you to walk down the street these days? Oh, it's not too bad. I, I, f I feel like, I mean, I wear a, a cap and sunglasses a lot of the time and, and in general, uh, but also I feel like the the, um, the glasses, the Wesley glasses That's kind fair. of act like a, a mask in a certain way. They're kind of protecting me a little bit and he's clean shaven and I kind of got a bit of fuzz going on and, you know, yeah. But I, yeah, there's been a few times where I'm like, oh God, yeah, yeah, selfie for sure. <laughs> Great. I'm so late already. Thanks so much, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely going to keep this uh, spoiler free because I've only As seen. As I'm trying to watch it like a fine wine and slowly watch it. I'm 10 episodes in and then we found out you were coming in and things happen. Yep. Um, that's pretty much all I can say. Uh, well, yeah, I was saying uh, to you before, I kind of get back to, like, every fifth or sixth tweet because I'm like, <laughs> won't touch that. And then somebody will be like, you've got nice ears. And I'll be like, like that? That's <laughs> asinine and perfectly innocent. You know, so I think my Twitter feed is a little odd at the moment. But <laughs> so uh, it's take, take us back to when you um, first auditioned for the role. Were you aware of... Daredevil as a character, or did you have to get into it afterwards, or what? Um, it was very fast for me. I was back home in Australia for seven months or so. Um, got back to New York, which is where I'm, I'm based. But um, from initial audition to shooting the very first take of the first shot of the first scene of Daredevil was six days. What? So, yeah. So uh, it was a Monday. I went in for the audition. Uh, Wednesday, I was meeting Stephen and Jeff. Um, they got back to me on the day to say they didn't want me to play Wesley, which is kind of odd. Usually, there's a little bit of time and deliberation, but they were shooting the following Monday. So the next day, I was doing costume fittings and hair and makeup tests and picking out the glasses. And I basically had the weekend. Um, <laughs> so I went on to what's it called? Marvel Unlimited, where you can. Yeah. Yeah. Got on that and searched for Wesley, and I was like, great. He's so he's in four frames. <laughs> Excellent. That's a lot to go off. So, I mean, that was kind of lovely, though, having the the freedom to to sort of take it whichever way you wanted. But yeah, it was it was quick, and I, I watched the Daredevil movie the night before we started shooting. I was I'd like, huh, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I I have so many more questions. Uh, I guess my first one is, um, <coughs> so tell me about. First off, tell me, after watching the movie, what kind of mindset did you get into going on set the next day? Like, 
Um, I mean, like I said before, when you're shooting something, you never really know how it's going to come out until, until you you see it. Um, uh-huh. it. It wasn't watching the movie wasn't what I expected, but also I'd, I'd read the first uh, episode and prepped that, and it didn't seem like we were in the same world at all. Um, and yeah, the very first scene that we shot was was uh, that scene with Wesley and um, uh, what's his name Farnham on the on the bench mm-hmm. in the park. So. It's kind of a dark scene to to start on, and having seen the movie the day before that, I was like, no, I think we, I think we are in a different way. <laughs> I hope we are. So how did, how did you create the character? I'm sure Stephen had a lot to do with it too. But like, what was your process for coming up with this guy? Because he's such an integral character of this whole story. Sure. Um. I, yeah. The, the first time I met uh, Stephen and Jeff was in that was in that second audition, and I did, uh, the audition scene was what it was the. Um, the first time Wesley meets Matt Murdoch in the uh, at Nelson and, and Murdoch, so it's kind of a verbose, a verbose scene, <coughs> uh, a lot of legalese and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I think as an actor, when you, when you're given a, a piece of writing like that, which is very expositional, um, you've got to do all you can to try and make it interesting and offbeat. And so I c- kind of tried to do that, and Stephen just sort of said, "Yeah, let's." Like that's it. That's 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 kind of the guy. So after that, um, yeah, they gave me a, a lot of freedom to to sort of take him where I wanted to take him. I, I really didn't want him to be a, a lackey, lapdog, average sort of you know assistant. I wanted him to have some substance and some mm. and some strength. And um, then as as you know, more scripts came out each week. It seemed that the writers were thinking the same thing, which is great. You know, right. it's so much more fun to to play a character like that. And I, I'd be surprised. Uh, if Marvel would even write a two-dimensional character. You know, Marvel's characters are always so well fleshed out. And, yeah, yeah, it was kind of lovely. I wanted to kind of ask, too, touching on that, like, your character on the show is awful, an awful person, but he's likable to an extent, too. Like, Sure, uh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of, there's a question there I don't have, but it's kind of, how do you see him as, like, I, I want to hate him, but there's still <laughs> something about him that makes him. There's a good quality to him. I think, yeah, I think it's that it's that old idea of you know, I love to hate that character, but I think if you take it a step further, it's that I love to hate to love. Sorry, I, yeah, is that right? I love yeah. to hate to love that character. <laughs> I hate to love to hate. It's in fact that they both kind of work in a funny sort of way. But um, all my favorite favorite villains or bad guys from from uh, anything that have an element of of. Uh, charm or something else to them that's what makes them three-dimensional that's what makes them interesting and and uh, you know wesley as a character has to be able to do both like get, talking about that farnham scene going from that and then in episode three he's being you know kind of kind of a a yucky lawyer but he's still got a smile on his face and there's still a little bit of buoyancy there you mm-hmm. know um it just it just fleshes it out and again more. I'm only ten episodes in. Maybe things change, but I, I kind of—I guess the blind—not really blind, but the allegiance towards um, uh, Wilson Fisk is, yeah. a, is a pretty admirable trait as well. I guess. Sure. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. I, I, I came up uh, with my own backstory of Wesley, which I won't reveal here. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's important to do that for any character but particularly for a character that's so devoted to someone who's uh, such a monster you know when we did new york comic con that's how vincent described his fisk he said it was like in eight words or something it was like 
Al Fisk is a child and a monster. And I was like, whoa, you nailed it. Uh -huh. That's perfect. So you need to have that sort of backstory in order to justify how you can behave in, in such a loyal, such a dedicated way um, when they are a monster. I, it's, I don't know. I, I did speak to Stephen about my idea about the backstory at, at dinner after Comic-Con, and he was like, yeah, no, I, I think that's it. And so it's Marvel. You never know if we're going to, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? The precursor <laughs> Wesley story. Mm. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, sure. Oh, uh, So uh, was that your first Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's insane. It's insanity um, to, to be in a, in a theater with three and a half thousand people. Um, and we got there and Jeff was like, okay, everybody listen up. This will be the order. Um, Toby's first. I'm like, whoa, can I stop you there? I've got a few questions. Hang on, <laughs> hang on a second. Hang on a minute. Why, what? Why would we? <laughs> can I just sit up the back in a, in, a, in a funny hat or something? Can't other people talk? They know what they're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, in the end, it was so much fun and people were so lovely. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a great experience. I'll do it again for sure. Um, I want to ask about when you were filming the show, did you know it was going to be kind of the, the huge success that uh, it became? Um, I mean, you know, Marvel is kicking goals all over the place at the moment, and the, and the, the lovely words they write is so great to chew on as an actor. So, you know, I sort of expected it would it would have a good response, but the response it has received has been far and away, you know, greater than, than maybe I I'd originally anticipated. Mm. Um, but people seem to really, really enjoy it. I haven't read that much neg negative stuff about it, which is is wonderful. And we had a blast making it too. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. What was it like working, like, you know, I always take this back to old, uh, older actors, um, like Andy Griffith was filming um, A Face in the Crowd before he did the Andy Griffith show, and he kind of mentally messed him up because he was such a dark character. Did you have any problems right. with that, kind of pushing Wesley away from you when it was over? Um, I mean, the way that I, that I work, my process, or maybe even a lack of process, is just, it's, I'm, I'm always guided by text. Um, because I've got like a linguistics background, like I was an exchange student to Japan when I was 15 years old and worked very hard on learning the language and, you know, <laughs> in doing that you realise that you don't have that much of a grasp on the English language when you're trying to really learn another language well. So I'm always guided by text and, um, and I think costume helps as well. Like mm. my sort of big thing was getting that, t that double Windsor knot perfect. Like I would take 15 minutes and that was sort of the joke with costume. I'd, be, I'd come out and be like, hey, hey, Check it out. Like, <laughs> nailed it. Look at this. Um, and that's, you know, it's once you sort of dressed up, you put the glasses on, th there, and you put the shoes on. There's an element to the walk and the, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I'm very much in a state of play when I'm doing anything, throwing ideas out there. Some of them work, some of them don't. And I don't know. I, I don't think you should take it too seriously. It's all make-believe, right? That's amazing. <laughs> um, well, I kind of want to touch on some of that as well. Uh, did the knowing Japanese help for the, the audition, or did they find out afterwards that you knew Japanese? Or? Um, I think they did know I spoke Japanese. Yeah, I think they did. Um, I'm not sure whether that affected the, the, the choice to make Wesley uh, kind of an interpreter mm. or not. But, um, yeah, no, I think they knew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you... Uh, uh, Joe Quesada, who you kind of become buddies with it sounds like you guys like hang out and stuff we've hung out a bit yeah joe's yeah. a great guy yeah absolutely he uh I, I i prepped this with you a little bit he said you you kind of know a lot of dialects Can yeah you talk, tell fans <laughs> a little bit about that i i don't know like my 
I, like I do a lot of uh, voice work. That's kind of uh, what I grew up in. My mum was was like the voice of a woman in, in Australia for sort of mm. three decades, and uh, so I, I grew up in that. Uh, there's a recording of me falling out of a high chair at like two years old <laughs> in a studio. So I sort of grew up in that world, and then moving to the states, um, you know, people need dialects for commercials or for audio books or whatever. So often I'll get a call for that. So yeah, and and you know, I trained at, at, at drama school in uh, in Sydney for three years. So you do it all there as well every day. So your yeah. your mom was her background's similar. She, yeah, she's like uh, she actually voices. Maybe arguably the mo- the most iconic Australian cartoon character, uh, Blinky Bill, the mischievous koala. So that's that's what? I grew up with that. Yeah, I don't think he was. I don't know if you made it to the states, but he's huge in in like ninety different countries. And uh, yeah, so like bedtime stories were great fun. You have like a plethora of characters walking in and out of your brain, and you go to sleep. It's brilliant. So I was always sort of hearing it from a, a young age. Was it weird having a like a super famous? mom that nobody recognized I, you, yeah she loves the anonymity of it but uh, like she, she'll say two sentences and people lose their minds it's great like it's funny <laughs> as, a, as a kid my brother and I had <laughs> uh, very different ways of utilizing that skill because you know <laughs> my brother would be like don't tell anyone that you know mum's blinky bill it's, it's embarrassing and I'd be like hey ladies mum's blinky bill whatever <laughs> it's not a big deal like I don't know I was maybe 14 and he was 11 <laughs> Like, what's up? You want a blinky call? It's kind of disgusting <laughs> when I think about it. But, uh, you got to laugh about it. <laughs> Did you ever, like, bring friends over and make her talk to them or anything? Or? I would never have to make him talk. Like, they would always be like, Tim Blinky Bill, which is heaps of fun, yeah. So as a kid, did you ever – what were you kind of a nerd of? I know you said your brother was kind of a comic book fan, but what were you into? I mean, like I said, I was huge into Japanese anything. Really, uh, even from from uh, being a child, from um, well, no, maybe eleven though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. probably. Yeah, I started studying Japanese just at high school when I was eleven, mm-hmm. and I it's I seemed to to sort of get it pretty pretty quickly, uh, basic stuff. And then when I applied for the scholarship and everything and went to Japan for a year, it, you learn pretty quickly that like you don't know anything. Wow. <laughs> so it's kind of it is a baptism by fire and. Um, you want to sort of jump in into the deep end, but that's it's a it's a great way to learn because you can't escape. It's just absolute immersion. I was 15, so your brain is like a sponge at that age, and I was ravenously reading textbooks and books about grammar and stuff. The only thing I really didn't get into was like manga and anime because I got into that like maybe f- after f- being there for four months or so, and you realise that like the Japanese they're using would be sort of comparable to somebody saying I don't know what up dog or something in, in, in English and I was like oh I don't think I should be if I walk into the classroom and say that they'll be like uh, you're going home you're expelled now you know so I, I, I was kind of adamant to learn uh, polite Japanese and, and uh, yeah it was great great fun yeah. so Japanese what, were you into I guess I assume you were into film and uh, TV and stuff as well right um, I don't know why it was really just the language like I love mm. the way that it, it, that it, that it uh, forms that, that, that it's, tr- it's structured you know mm-hmm. um, it got to a point where it was kind of like like Lego blocks sort of stacking together you can sort of see what fits and what doesn't because a lot of people think Japanese is very difficult it, 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 it is and it isn't once you know all of the all the sort of rules there are very few exceptions um, so it just takes time whereas English it, it, got to be a nightmare to learn as a second language i would imagine because you can you can create sentences in pretty much any way you want and 
you can be understood. You know what I mean? Wow. So, yeah. And I got into film a little bit after that, mm-hmm. Miyazaki's new Kurosawa's and stuff. That was kind of at university because I got a degree in it. That makes sense. Kurosawa's a nice little bridge between, like, modern film and, you know, yeah. old Japanese. That's like a spaghetti western kind of situation. Too, well, I mean, to in a way, yeah. I, I, I think I ended up taking it, that course. It was like a, a, a dedicated film course because I needed, like, one more unit to get the degree and I was like all right I guess I'll do Japanese film and I loved it it was great you know um so yeah it was a a huge part of my life and I still call my host parents you know as often as I can in in Japan I've been back maybe five or six times and yeah it's a blast what uh I'm always curious what are your some of your favorite films of of either that genre or any genre that fans can check out I'm sure Seven Samurai is one that's got to be my favorite yeah yeah for sure easily um it's oh you know what Rashomon's got to be up there as well, uh, and I and I love uh, any any film television program, any sort of um, drama where you see things from different perspectives. I find that fascinating because um, that's the thing. I mean, I don't want to get too deep and philosoph- philosophical, but like you know that that idea that we're all starring in a movie and we're the lead. Mm. It's great, uh, a great exercise, and it's important to sort of take the time sometimes. I think to you know, maybe make yourself a supporting character and put yourself in someone else's shoes, you know, like, you never know the full story. So, yeah, Rashomon's a really cool one to check out. And it's, it's got, you know, there are shaman and ghosts and stuff in there as well. Oh, and it's like, oh, it's brilliant. It's it brilliant, yeah. It kind of, you're kind of stating what Daredevil is kind of like, too. I don't want to, like, bring it back full circle just now, but, like, I didn't know. Maybe you're a genius. Maybe this is. <laughs> no, I think it's all now you. it's a Seinfeld Like, I, I never thought, <laughs> yeah. initially thought it was just going to be, following Daredevil around, but Ben Urich becomes a pretty major character and you kind of like fit into his shoes and even your character as well. Mm. It's kind of, does that, that makes sense, right? Like, it seems like you get to see different aspects of people. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. You, you need, you always need um, uh, the, the, rea- the not the reaction, the um, interaction between lead and supporting characters in order to fill out and inform the, the lead characters, right. I think, you know what I mean? I think when films fall flat it's when they focus too much on one person and you go well we, how does he cope in this sort of you know situation with this sort of person you, you, you need the whole ensemble there mm-hmm. in order to make it work and I thought everybody was great like the other thing about the show was uh, no egos at all everyone is so great lovely fun to work, work with you know and and because most of my stuff was with uh, Vincent too like larger than life but what a what a generous warm guy you know what i mean like he's so well prepared and so powerful but uh very willing to jerk around as well and and uh give advice and i i learned a great deal from him on the show and you said um you were you're living in new york now and you were living there before you were cast yeah i mean i i've been here for about four years i think Uh. um but i was back home in australia for a long time before I came back. And then it was just like, bam, and now you're doing this. I was like, great. I love how fast this works. Fantastic. <laughs> and it seems like yeah. this, I mean, people are comparing it to The Wire is one of the best shows of all time now. Right. Which is great. Uh, it seems like Hell's Kitchen is such a major character in the show as well. Undoubtedly. I think New York City is. Like, yeah. some of those locations, um, you almost don't need to act. It's like, wow, we're shooting here. This is already fascinating. You know what I mean? Um yeah, somebody sent me um, a screenshot from 
IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or something, and it was like Breaking Bad, The Wire, Daredevil, Sopranos or something, and that was my first like whoa <laughs> moment. I was like whoa. Really? <laughs> I think that's I, insane. I saw Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Oh, it might have been Game of Thrones instead of The Sopranos. I might oh, have got that wrong. Yeah. Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Daredevil, The Wire, and there I was like, wow. We're on top of the wire. Yeah. Wow. Who votes for this stuff? No, it's great. <laughs> that's it's. I mean, uh, when I saw the first two episodes at the premiere, uh, God, that's second end of the second episode. There were gasps mm-hmm. and people were on their feet. It's just. It's incredibly powerful. I, th- I think it's so well done. Charlie does such a great job, and, and Brewster as well, and uh, Phil Silvera. It's incredible. You know, it's it, it really is, and it's it's got all the other other elements as well. It's not just you know people kicking ass and taking names. There's such heart to it. You know, my my parents are uh, pretty devout Catholics. They loved that whole storyline with him trying to figure out um, what his role is. That's can awesome. he? Can he? You know, reconcile these feelings and these actions as well you know it's not what i've done it's what i'm about to do and you go like oh boy you know there's there's so many layers to it which i think is great and uh you, you were mentioned a little bit when you were having the tour that fans have been like even making like art of you and stuff like that's got to be pretty amazing it's incredible i'm going to show you some now um it's incredible and, and i find it um so humbling somebody asked me the other day like you know wow do you do you get back to people who who uh, do this and this is not an invitation to bombard me with artwork <laughs> by the way uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah when it first started happening like you know um, I was like I, of, of course I get back to them because like I don't know how many hours have gone into you know oh my god doing I wish stuff people like could this. see this yeah it, this is just perfect for a podcast right wow. what am I thinking here just um, trust us that's well, it's pretty incredible. Like, um, but yeah, I, of course, I get back to wow. them because I, I don't know the hours that have gone into this, and people don't know the hours that, that that Charlie spent, that Vincent spent, that all of us spent. You know, fleshing out these characters. So uh, people are so responsive to the show. I, I mean, I was like, this is incredibly humbling. This is the stuff that I didn't expect uh-huh. at all. You know what I mean? Um, so it's been wonderful. I've been loving every second of it. And that that definitely means they probably like you. You know, they they like your character and they like what you're doing. So that, well, now you're putting right. words in their mouth, and I don't think I'm they'd saying, appreciate that, mate. I will Just put those words. Slow your roll. Call your jets. <laughs> <laughs> I also see on your. I have to mention you have a, a Snow White sticker. Yeah, on this your has been a, 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 a source iPhone. of discussion as well. <laughs> after I posted a selfie, she's a gothic Snow White. <laughs> oh, uh, wait, arm sleeves and everything. Yeah, she's got the sleeves. She's got like the choker and the nose pierce because like everybody in my family has this exactly the same computer and so we were mixing up computers and stuff i was like i need to get a decal or something and i saw the the goth snow white i was like that's got to be the most iconic apple in that's film history right so why not put that on the back of my mac and they sent me a little baby one as well i was like yeah i'll put it on the back of my ridiculously large iphone (laughs) that i got you know i ordered this after finishing a shoot uh a daredevil shoot at uh, four o'clock in the morning so i was pretty spent and uh, uh, the, one of the, the uh, sound guys, the boom guy, was like, uh, you know, they're releasing the new Ivan tonight, right? I was like, oh, my God. And I was exhausted and got home. And I was just like, biggest, fastest, most memory, go, shut up and take my money. And then it came. And I was like, should I downside? No, I'll get new pants. That's what I would, and that was my solution. 
I'm not a smart man, dude. <laughs> bigger, bigger pockets, bigger pants, pants. <laughs> bigger all the things, bigger. I was That's fun. I was just curious because uh, are you a, a Disney fan or? Um, I mean, not not fanatically. I mean, I mm. enjoy it. Sure. I mean, Snow White was a was a a huge childhood thing for me. I think. I think it might have been the first feature I saw as a oh, kid, well. maybe, mm. or maybe that was ET or something. I don't know. But yeah, I do remember seeing it at the cinema. So yeah. But I thought this. I was trying to think. There's no. There's, surely there's not a more famous apple in cinematic history than, than Snow White. Um, You're thinking about it. You're trying to figure it out. <laughs> we have Alex, the intern, who's here. I don't think we mentioned that he's behind us, chuckling, doing a great the job, whole Alex. Time. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, what else? Anything else you're working on now that you want to tell the fans? Or um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can we assume that fans of your podcast will have? perhaps seen the whole I would assume so right um I mean I haven't said anything yet so let's just do a big old spoiler alert right now uh yeah new show for um uh Showtime uh we shot the pilot for that in January I think it was so it was pretty much going straight from Daredevil to this is called Billions and it's uh uh Paul Giamatti plays the let me get this right U.S. District no U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, which includes Wall Street, so he's like the U.S. Attorney. Um, and Damian Lewis plays a billionaire hedge fund tycoon is probably too small of a word. This guy's got a lot of a dosh. Uh, and, and I play Paul Giamatti's uh, chief of staff, basically. So, and oh, we, wow. we don't think he's above board. So, yeah, we're out to get him. <laughs> and that starts shooting in a couple of months. So, yeah, just... Uh, Enjoying the the weather right now and getting in shape for that. Yeah. That's a pretty impressive cast too. You and Giamatti and Lewis. That's awesome. Yeah, that was another. It's been a, it's been a good twelve months. That was another one where I was like, really, me? Okay, cool. I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Sign this thing. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> it's great. And um, you know, again, the majority of my stuff is with Giamatti, and he's he's uh, one of the f- funniest people I've ever worked with. He's just he's constantly cracking you up, and and I've been a fan of his work for years. So I'm. Yeah, it's been 12 months of pinching myself, kind of. Well, keep keep it up. I I intend to, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to ask too, since um it's Marvel and you mentioned you weren't really into it uh, as a kid. Initially, did you kind of grow into it a little bit as you were working on on Daredevil? Oh, for sure. I mean, getting getting that Marvel Unlimited subscription, I was just like, "Oh my god, look at the, you could, you know, it's it's you could spend your, the rest of your life on here." Like, you know, there's so much stuff. And, and obviously they sent me uh, Frank Miller before we started. Mm. Um, and I had a chance to flip through that. But I'm now sitting here with, what have we got here? 11 or so comics to get through? That's nothing. We got way more for you. Up to so, uh, oh, you do? Yeah. Excellent. All right, great. It's just a taste. I needed a, a, a new doorstop. So yeah. it's perfect. That's <laughs> the most insulting thing I could have said. Why do I? <laughs> I said this to you before, podcast. I'm usually like mouth, then brain. Oh, Toby. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, uh, no, I look forward to getting into this stuff. I really want to get into Deadpool. I think yeah. I was saying to you that that seems right up my alley. So yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Um, what about any of the films you, you you're into? You saw Avengers: Age Ultron with us, which we were very happy. You Loved it. Joined us. Loved it. I think mm-hmm. um, I think I'm. <laughs> that was the funny thing I was thinking about this. Maybe I think I might have been laughing 
more than anybody else there because I've been like completely invested in Wesley Daredevil <laughs> world for like 12 months. And so when I see this and it's like building explodes, Thor, awesome one-liner, I'm just like, <laughs> great. You know, I'm really willing to laugh because we've been in such a, a dark, gritty adult sort of space for, for 12 months. So I absolutely loved Ultron, yeah. Cool. That was great fun. Uh, and also I just want to mention fans can follow you on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've kind of been... It's been crazy for you there as well. Oh, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, somebody gave me a tip the other day. They were like, just you know, remember uh, every tweet um, your mum is going to read. I was like, that's great. That's a, that's an excellent tip. You like that one, mate? <laughs> um, yeah, because at first I was just kind of like, great, yes, thank you, God. What do I, you know, uh, how does this work? And even some of my mates who are actors, one of them tweeted me the other day, and then he texted me straight after, and he was like, is that what I do? Like, is this how this works? Do, do you, just you see that? I was like, nope, everyone, public, forever, mate. He's like, oh, no way. <laughs> this is so scary. But I don't know. Fans have been very helpful, and, and I'm sure I'm, I'm a source for enjoyment, like seeing how ridiculously I'm handling social media right now. <laughs> no, it's funny. We had Charlie came by once to take over Marvel's Twitter, and he, did, he doesn't have a Twitter, and we were trying to talk him into it. He's like, nope. Oh, yeah. So I'd uh, do, say something stupid. And I'm like, that's... A, I should have thought of that a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah, he, no, he he texts and emails with Charlie. That's that's about it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I suddenly learnt that people could go back and see what I said, you know, after my football team lost at one o'clock in the morning from two thousand and ten, and I was like, wow. <laughs> okay, I've got to vet some of these. I think, you know, like it's just it's it's a whole a whole new world. Don't get me started on that. Some do you want to do the synergy. harmony? Yeah, right? Uh, Perfect circle. Yeah. Uh, so are you, you're in the football. <laughs> I'm into rugby league, uh-huh. yeah, because coming from Australia. So, yeah. Those are some tough games don't really uh, work out around here if you want to see them live sometimes, right? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not, no, I think live is 5.30 a.m. So you've got that horrible moment of like, do I, do I wake up at 5 and have a beer? That doesn't sound <laughs> right. Like, you know, I enjoy a couple of beers with the game. Um, but now I've found this great service where I can watch it and pretend that I'm on the hill in Manly Beach in Sydney at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, it's great. Wow. Yeah, watch it in my own time. Nice. Yeah. Anything else you want to discuss before we wrap up? Or I think we're good, mate. I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're happy, I'm happy. I'm very happy. Brilliant. This was such a pleasure to have you by. It's if, so much fun to be here, man. If uh, fans aren't aware, you have to watch Daredevil. It's literally the best thing out. It's pretty cool, man. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Wesley's a bit of fun. Can I uh, ask one last favor? Uh, that sounds outrageous. How our, dare you? How dare you? Our tagline is, this is Marvel, your universe. And I would love for Wesley to <laughs> say that to end the show. That's amazing. Once again, thank you so much, Mr. Toby Leonard Moore. It's a pleasure, mate. Watch Daredevil, follow you on Twitter, and... One more time. This <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it happens every time. You need to get it up on the wall. I know. <laughs> this is Marvel, your universe. Great. This is Marvel, your universe. (laughs) You nearly fell off your chair, and I appreciate that. That was brilliant.